Right, good to have you here this morning, and I'll have you turn to a book that we probably don't normally turn to that much. In fact, if I ask most people, I think, in the world, uh, if this book in the Bible exists, they probably don't even know if it exists. But let me have you go ahead and turn back to the book of Habakkuk in the Old Testament. It is towards the end of the Old Testament, one of the minor prophet books. If you want to go from the end of the Old Testament backward, it's the fifth book, uh, again, backwards, or however you want to call it. Um, there in the scriptures. And again, as we look at the book of Habakkuk, again, it's kind of an unusual book in the fact that the prophet here uh, mentioned here is not mentioned anywhere else in the word of God, but in this book, uh, yet the prophecies that he gives are along the same lines of many of the major and minor prophets and deals with the upcoming captivity of Babylon. But I want to look at here some thoughts here this morning on a walk of faith in troublesome times. A walk of faith in troublesome times. Let's begin by reading uh, through uh, most of the chapter. I thought about reading through the whole chapter. I certainly could. I may, uh, again, read the last few verses of the chapter. But let's begin here in Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse number 1. The Bible says, The burden that Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry? Thou will not hear. Even I cry unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievances? For spoiling and violence are before me. Therefore are they raised up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Behold ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. For lo, I will raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling place that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall precede themselves. Their horses also are swifter than lepers and also more fierce than the evening wolves. And their horsemen shall spread themselves and their horsemen shall come from afar. They shall fly as an eagle that hasteneth to eat. They shall come all for violence. Their faces shall sup as an east wind. And they shall gather the captivity as a sand. And they shall scoff at the kings and the princes shall scorn unto them. And they shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust and take it. Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over an offend, imputing that his power unto his God. But though not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, mine Holy One, we shall not die. O Lord, hast thou ordained them for judgment? And O mighty God, Thou hast established them for correction. Thou art pure of eyes than to be old evil. Canst not look upon iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously and holdest thy tongue. When the wicked devour the man that is more righteous than he. I want to consider here this morning this thought. A walk in troublesome times. Let's go ahead and pray together as we consider this thought. Father, thank you, Lord, again, for this book of the Bible. 
uh, this prophet that preached, the experiences he had, and I believe somewhat the parallels that seem to parallel even maybe today. Help us again by your grace to again see how this prophet endured this time, how he uh, dealt with this time, and again, I, I ask that you'd help us to see that as Again, a pattern of faith that might be seemingly unusual, but yet one that I believe all of us may see ourselves walking in from time to time. Help us again by your grace to, again, take in what you'd want us to this morning. Help me to speak those things which you'd want me to also. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I, I think if you look at this book just from a pure vantage point of exactly what this guy is saying, especially to begin with, he is in a place of frustration, really, with God. He's somewhat wondering why God isn't really doing something with what's going on in his nation and what's going on around him. And we may question at times, you know, why do you allow this or why do you have us go through this and that? And so the prophet here is, in a sense, questioning God concerning the time he's involved with, the country he's involved with, the decline of the country that he's involved with. In verse number one, it says, The burden which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. He's seen what's going around. He didn't have the news necessarily to publish it or to hear it, but he saw what was going on at this time. And what he saw was this. It says, O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? Even cry unto thee of violence thou wilt not save. He definitely lived in a difficult time, a treacherous time, a turbulent time. There was violence there. There was trouble there. He goes on and talks more about this in verse 3. He says, Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me. Therefore they raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked and judgment doth never go forth. The wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. There's a lot said here. We could spend a lot of time looking at what was, what was said here. You know what he's basically saying? The country's a mess. Wrong judgment proceedeth. There's spoiling, there's violence, there's strife, there's contention. My country's a mess, and it doesn't seem like God is doing anything about this. And we may look around sometimes and we might say, you know, uh, what is happening to us here? You know, no one's experienced anything like this before. We're going through troublesome times like nobody's ever seen before. I would venture to guess when Judah was about to go into captivity and Babylon was to overtake them, they went to very troublous times. Very troublous times. You know, we could read through verse number six and found we could see that an enemy was going to basically come along and destroy the nation. And they were scoff at the kings, the leaders, the princes, and all those around them. And, and again, it mentions there that they would even attest that this power that they had came from their false gods. Verse number 11 says, he'll impute that this power came down to him of his gods. The leader, Nebuchadnezzar and others would say, you know, this power came from our false gods. And as we look at this time period, we find, again, if we look at other 
Uh, books of the Bible is just before the Babylonian captivity. It's probably around 620 B.C. It's time where Jerusalem and Judah had fallen off spiritually. And the country was a mess. Isaiah spoke of this. Jeremiah spoke of it. The most of the minor prophets spoke of this, this general time period. Lots of the books in the Bible are centered around this time period. But how did he walk by faith during this troublesome time? What did he do that maybe you would say maybe it's not even okay to do during troublous times? Well, we see in this chapter, just this first chapter, him ask God questions during this troublesome time. He asks sincere questions during this troublesome time. And you'll find a pattern in the Bible when people go through troublesome times or are faced with troubles and that sort of thing, they'll ask God questions. There's nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, I believe that's what we should do. Habakkuk went to God and he asked him some questions. First one, in a sense, there's in verse one and two, and why aren't you doing anything? You may not have asked that to God specifically or verbally as he has in this thing, but why aren't you doing anything in a sense? How long will I cry to you, verse number two, and thou will not hear, even cry unto thee of violence, and thou will not save. You're not saving people. You're not doing anything about the violence here. You're not even listening to me. That's what, in a sense, Habakkuk is saying to God. God is his father, and he has some questions, some sincere questions. Some pointed questions. Why aren't you seemingly doing anything, God? The nation's a mess. Our country's a mess. Wrong judgment proceeded. There's contention or strife here. Why don't you do something here? You know, when it comes to our faith, sometimes people think that maybe uh, one's faith doesn't need to be one of asking questions to God or talking or conversing with God. Just do what God would have you to do, and that's what life is about. You just read the Word of God, you, you go through life, and you just bear whatever needs to come along. But we see here in the Bible him ask questions. And as he asks these questions, someone says they're not fair questions. They're not, they're not right questions. They're not whatever it might be. But I believe it's good for us and sometimes... A healthy for us to just question maybe God. Why is this happening to us now? You know, when you pray, do you just get right into praying right away? Or do you maybe ask, why is this happening to us now? Why are we going through this? Why is our land like this? Sincere questions. Habakkuk went to God and said, you know, I got some questions for you. Why is wrong judgment proceeding still? In a sense, why do you allow strife and contention to continue here? Lord, why aren't you listening to me? And why aren't you saving? Why aren't you delivering us? Or why aren't you doing something? These are some questions here in the chapter. In verse number 12, it says, Are thou not ever... Sorry, art thou not from everlasting, O God, O Lord, my God, mine holy one? We shall not die, O Lord. Thou hast ordained them for judgment, O and O mighty God, 
Thou hast established them for correction. He's saying, you know what? They should be the ones being corrected. Chaldeans are wicked people. They are worshiping a false god. They should be corrected. We're not going to die here in verse number 12. And it says there, you've ordained them for judgment. But thou hast established them for correction. You know, he agrees here that, you know, God is going to correct them. And through these people, he's going to correct them. He goes on and says in verse 13, Thou art pure eyes, and to behold evil, and canst not look upon iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue, when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he? He is in a position where he's questioning God. Why do you allow in the wicked to devour man that is more righteous than he? You know, we can go to God and we can ask questions. We can ask questions in troubling times. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, again, if you go through troublesome times or turbulent times, that's a normal reaction to go to God during those times. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 17. You know, Moses went through a lot. I mean, you think about all the things that Moses went through. He went through... Uh, turbulent times as, again, the people that he was around with and, and uh, going to the promised land with were having lapses of faith, lack of faith, struggles in faith. And uh, someone might say, well, he never, he never struggled in faith. Well, he did. He certainly did when he smote the, lock, the rock later in the book of Exodus, not in the place that we're going to look at, but Exodus chapter 17, Moses Again, was again someone who asked questions. And again, when it comes to our faith, there's nothing wrong with asking questions or asking what to do or seeking what to do. We see that with Moses here. Again, I'm just going to read through a few verses here in Exodus chapter 17, the first six verses there. It says, And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And the people said unto him, Why chide you with me? Therefore do they tempt the Lord. And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is that thou hast brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle to th- with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord and said, what shall I do to this people? They're almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take thee the elders of Israel and thy rod, whereof thou hast smotest the rivers, take in thy hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock of Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and the people shall drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. What do we see here in Moses' case? He also is in a place where he has to walk by faith in a troublesome time. I mean, the people want to stone him, to kill him, to put him to death because he led them out of Egypt. And in, in the Bible says in verse number four, it says, he cried on the Lord and said, what shall I do unto this people? He didn't know what to do. 
So I asked God what to do. We need to go to God in troublesome times, just like Habakkuk did and here like Moses did. There was no water and he didn't know what to do. And again, in most cases, what would you do if there was no water? Well, it might be a good thing to ask God. What would you have us to do? God gave him an answer and God told him to go there and, and smite the rock. It says there in verse number six, smite the rock, the rock of Horeb. God would provide water of that rock. You know, sometimes we, we're, we're in places and difficulties. We don't know what to do. We'll ask God this thing. What shall I do? What shall I do to this people? What shall I do in this situation? It's wise for us to go to God and ask him questions about what to do. A walk of faith includes questioning God, not only what to do, but maybe even what he's doing. Say what he's doing. Yeah, what is he doing? Let's turn to Judges chapter 6. You might say, you know, I, I look around and I can see... You know, just like Habakkuk, I can see what's going around in our nation. I can see what's going on. I don't like what I see. I even question, why do you allow me to see what I see? You know, sometimes we look around and say, I don't even want to see it. I don't even want to look at it. I've ran into people more and more today. They don't even watch the news. I mean, my plumber, <laughs> I call my plumber, Terry, I'll call him up. And I'll talk to him about different things. And he's just like, it wasn't that long ago he was telling me, I don't even Watch the news. Don't even watch it. You say, why doesn't he watch it? Well, he just probably doesn't like what he sees. It's okay sometimes to question God. We see this with Habakkuk questioning God. We see this also with Gideon questioning God. Let's turn to Judges 6. I've sent you there, Judges chapter 6, in verse number 12. He's supposed to be the leader of God's people. He's supposed to be the one who's been chosen to be one of the judges, the deliverers, the helpers, the ones to get the people back on faith in God and following the word of God. And let's just pick up and read just a little bit about his experience in his calling to be led and the leader of God. Judges chapter 6, verse number 12, it says, And the angel Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, Oh, my God. If the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Where be all the miracles which our father told us of? Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us in the hands of the Midianites. Gideon's viewpoint is, God, you're saying the Lord is with thee? Verse number 12. And yet we're being chastened by the Midianites. We're being beaten up by the Midianites. We're being hurt by the Midianites. He questions God, where be all the miracles which the Lord told us of? Before that, he says, oh my God, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Why are we at? Why, why are we at this point in life? Why are the uh, again, where it seems, in a sense, that heathen are beaten up on the people of God. And here's Gideon, he's, his basic questions. Where's the miracles? Why the problems? 
Verse number 14, it says, The Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said unto thee, O my God, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor of Manasseh, and I am the least of thy father's house. And the Lord said, I'm surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt spell Midian as one man. And he said unto him, If, if I now have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. You know, in our walk of faith, sometimes, again, I think we're a little bit like Gideon. We want to see, see something from God that, you know, that God is indeed here and with us. Gideon went to God with a sincere question about a problem in general. Why is a nation in such a terrible place? And why aren't the miracles that others experience happening to us? I'm not going to look at this again because you're familiar with this. And if you're not, maybe you can read through this a little bit more. But he sends some immediate miracles by the hand of fire and by the hand of a fleece. And you can read about them after this. And you say, why did he do these things for Gideon? He did these things for Gideon because Gideon's faith was lapsing or it was lacking. And he wanted to show him that he indeed could lead and he indeed would be with him. And so he gives him a miracle by fire as a sign. And he gives him a miracle by a fleece to help support his faith. You know, we think about God and we ask God sometimes in prayer for different things to happen. And we don't see them happen or we see things that seem to be the opposite of what we want to see happen. And we wonder why. Why is this happening? In those cases, I believe we can and should go to God. Why has all this befallen us? And where are all the miracles? It's okay to talk to God like you would a regular person. Turn to Psalm chapter 73. I'm not saying like in a sense of, you know, you don't have respect, you don't talk to God like he can do something, but I'm saying just like a regular person, you'd have a conversation with God and say, you know, I'm struggling here. I'm trying to figure out why this seems to be like it is. It is what it is. I see it as it is. I'm reporting it as it is. I'm not making any things up about what it is, but I'm not seeing any miracles. And why are we where we are spiritually? Or why is the country where we are at this time? See, both this is the back of Gideon. See, it with Moses there questioning and asking God, hey, what should I do? There's no water here. Psalm 73, we often go here and we see another person who was going through some difficult times because it seemed like, and it may seem today, that the wicked are prospering. And uh, that certainly seems to be the case, and I'm not going to say it's ever been really different to some degree. There's always been prosperous heathen throughout history. Psalm 73, I want to look at a few verses here. Verse number 5 Psalm 73, well, let's, look, let's read verse 3. Uh, let's read down to verse number 5. Again, uh, the Bible says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as of our clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps were, almost, uh, were well nigh slipped. I, had, I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They're not in trouble they're not in trouble as others, neither are they plagued like other men. 
He says in verse number seven this, their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than their heart could wish. Verse nine, it says, they set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Verse 13 through 16 it says, Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain, washed my hands from innocence. For all the day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say, I will speak that, thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Verse 17, Until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord, then I understood their end. You know, you can look around and just like, Asaph looked around during his time and seemed the, the wicked seemed to be doing well. The wicked seemed to be strong. The wicked seemed to be in power. The wicked seemed to have more than they could wish for. And yet they spoke against God. It just, to him, it just made no sense. It made very little sense. He didn't understand it. Yet at the same time, in verse 1, he says the, that God is good to Israel, even to such as of our clean heart. Yet he believed God was good. But he couldn't understand why things were going as they were going. Verse 18, he goes into the sanctuary. It talks about that in verse number 17, which would probably be a tabernacle or a temple situation. It says, Surely thou didst set them in slippery places, and thou canst cast them down to destruction. How they are brought into desolation, as in a moment they are utterly consumed in terrors. What did he find out when he went to the word of God and to the house of God? He found out that these people, yes, they may prosper in his life, but their end is going to be destruction. Their end is going to be perilous. Their end is going to be dangerous. Their end end is going to be a catastrophe. Yes, they will prosper in life, but they have a perilous future. As we think of a walk of faith in troublous times, many times it asks us, we see, again, individuals in the Bible ask God questions, and good questions. Let's turn to Matthew 24 in the New Testament. Matthew 24, you know, we can look into the Bible, we can find out where the end will be to, in a general sense, like what, what is coming prophetically, like the heathen will be put down, like the heathen will rage, and at one point... In history to come, during the reign of the Antichrist, they will prosper and fare and lead and be in charge and all these kind of things. But there is an end to it all. The disciples asked Jesus some things about the future. In Matthew 24, verse 3, it says, And he sat upon the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things shall be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, end of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of war, see that you be not trouble, for all these things must come to back, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows, and it goes on and on. He tells them about the future. There's nothing wrong with asking what's coming. We find the answers in the Word of God. In those days, they could ask God directly. The prophets could, and certainly, again, here, in the case when Jesus was on earth, they could ask him questions. 
During troublesome times, it's okay to ask questions. In fact, God would have us to ask questions. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 1, a familiar verse there. And again, I'm not going to be able to go into the context there. Uh, Again, the context is very similar to what you see in Habakkuk. And again, when you see in the case of Jeremiah and all the kinds of things, you see Judah in trouble spiritually, again, chastisement coming to them. And again, you'll see, again, them laden with iniquity. It talks about that in Isaiah chapter 1, verse number 4. It says, Ah, sinful nation of people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the, the, the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel. They have gone away backward and not forward. Verse 7, it says, Your country is desolate. Verse number 9 is, Except the Lord had left a, unto us a small remnant, we would have been as Sodom and Gomorrah, would have been destroyed. And you can read on here, and I'm just going to bring you to this verse because I think this is helpful to see here. Verse number 18, it says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you shall devour with the sword, for the, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You know, going to God, I said, God would have you to come to him with your questions and to talk to him. Come now, let us reason together. Context of this is a very turbulent time in history. Come now, let us reason together, said the Lord. He invites them to reason together. He invites them to obey the Lord. In verse number 18, he also tells them if they were rebel and refuse to be obedient to the Lord, they will again be devoured with the sword and destroyed with the sword. Turn back to our text there. We see a walk of faith with Habakkuk. And again, we see again what I believe is important for us to see here. Probably the most important thing I think we can get from the book in in, in many ways is that it's okay to go to God and ask him questions about what you're experiencing or what you or I may be going through, through or someone might be going through. But we also see here in chapter 2, Habakkuk, uh, again, uh, do something that I think we should also do in a, a time of trouble. It says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and watch and see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. What do we see here in the Bible? We see here, again, Habakkuk in a place of watching, waiting, Watching and waiting and standing. We could take a lot of time to just look at those three things. Watching, waiting, and standing. You know, during turbulent, troublesome times, we should be standing, watching, waiting, and looking for an answer. I'm looking for an answer, even if it reproves me, it corrects me. This is what Habakkuk wants here. He wants God to answer his question about what's going on. And he does answer that question. He says the Chaldeans are going to come upon Israel. But he also answers that question here as we read on just a little further here. It says, And the Lord answered and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that they may run and that read it. For the vision is yet appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, thou uh, though thy tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul 
which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. He also, because of the transgression of wine, it goes on and says some other things. But again, I have this underlined in my Bible. Uh, the just shall live by his faith. What did God want during this time? He wanted Habakkuk to exercise faith, to trust God. God's answer would be the Chaldeans will come and they will crush and they will consume and they will destroy. They will chasten. They will be God's chastening rod. They will be used of God to chasten thee. You know, living by faith sometimes leads to us being chastened or people being corrected. But we should ask God. We should stand, so to speak, still and think upon what is going on. Wait on God for an answer. We should look to God for an answer. Troubled sometimes, we need to look to God for an answer and accept that answer. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 42. You know, the answer may not be what you want to hear. Someone might say, well, what should the answer be? I mean, the chastening rod is going to come on the people of God and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. And so what, what would God have them to do during this time? Well, the smartest thing to do, the wisest thing to do would probably run away. Get away, flee to wherever so you won't be chasing, you won't be a part of this. But that wasn't the answer, really, that God would have them to have during this time. Jeremiah chapter 42, I want to read here a little bit. God's answer towards this time was to stay put, to trust in God, to live where God had appointed him during this time. It said, then all the captains of the forces and Johanna the son of Kira and Keziah, the son of Hoshiah, and all the people from even the greatest came nearer and said unto Jeremiah the prophet, lest we uh, beseech thee, our supplication be accepted before thee and pray for us on the Lord, even all the remnant, for we are left, but a few of many as the eyes do behold us, that the Lord thy God may show us the way wherein we should walk and the things that we may do. And so here's a remnant. Again, they've gone through some chastening already, so we're looking into the future a little bit here. And we're looking again here at what they might do. It says, Then Jeremiah the prophet said unto them, I have heard you. Be all pray unto the Lord your God according to your words, and it shall come to pass that whatsoever thing the Lord will answer, I will declare it to you, and I'll keep nothing back from you. Then they said to Jeremiah the Lord, be true and faithful witness between us if you, we do not even according to all the things for the Lord thy God shall send thee to us. Whether it be good or whether it be evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God to, uh, to whom we send thee that it may be well with us and that we will obey the voice of the Lord. And it came to pass after 10 days that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah then called Jonahan the son of Kirah and the captains of the forces that were with them and all the people from the least of them to the greatest and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel unto whom ye sent me to present your supplication before him, if ye will still abide in this land, then will I build you. I will not pull you down. I will plant and not pluck you up. For repent to me of the evil that I have done to you. Be not afraid of the king of Babylon, of whom ye are afraid. Be not afraid of him, saith the Lord, for I am 
with you to save you, to deliver you from his hands. And I will show mercy unto you that you may have mercy upon you and cause you to return unto your land. You know, here in the Bible we see Jehoiahan, again, somewhat certainly as the leader here, told what to do. Went to Jeremiah and said, Jeremiah, you pray to God and ask him what we should do. And if he tells us to do something, we're going to do it. It says that in verse number 8. Whether it be good or evil, we're going to hear the voice of the Lord and we're going to do it. And the answer comes there. After 10 days, it mentions there in uh, is it, verse number 7 or 8, somewhere in there. And it says... Uh, and, and uh, he says here, verse number 10, if you will still abide in the land, then I'll build you and not pull you down. The answer was, stay in the land. But what did they want to do? They wanted to go and flee. They wanted to flee to Egypt. And you'll see that as, as, as you read on. I'm not going to take time to read on there, but they wanted to go to Egypt. And verse number 14 is saying, no, but we will go on to the land of Egypt where they it, where we see no war, nor hear the sound of the trumpet, nor have hunger or bread, there will we dwell. Told what to do, and they said, no, we're going to go where there's no war, there's plenty of food, there's plenty of provision, etc. We're going to just, we're going to go there. And yet, that wasn't where they were supposed to go. You see there in verse number 15, 16, it says what will happen if they go there. It says, and now therefore hear the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, if you wholly set your faces to enter Egypt and go to sojourn there. In other words, go there for a temporary stay to get away from the war and all the stuff. Then I shall come to pass that the sword that you feared shall overtake you in Egypt and the famine where you were afraid shall follow close after you there in Egypt, and there shall you die. They asked for how to deal with this time, and he said, and God said, stick there, stay there, live there. Don't go to Egypt, abide in Judah. Abide in Judah, that makes no sense. There's war there, there's problems there, there's need for provision there. Make a whole lot of sense to leave there. But yet in our walk of faith sometimes we're going to be called to stick and to stay and to do what needs to be done. Sometimes we're going to be called to do things that are contrary to what we would have to do and maybe do something contrary to what maybe makes sense in some, some ways to do. The, the wrong answer was to go to Egypt where there seemed to be safety there. No, there will be safety in Judah. There will be safety where they're at. Let's turn it back to Habakkuk chapter 3 there. Again, the answer is not to go to Egypt. The, the answer, again, an answer may be to go to Egypt. It may be, I'm not saying it's never to go to Egypt because you do see a time or two, I think, in the Bible where people were to flee and, and that sort of thing. But at least the answer at this time was not to go there. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse number 1 and 2, it says, A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shigonah, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. And so we see here in a time of trouble, 
was named to pray and ask God for mercy. I just want you to think about that. If there's a difficult time or a difficult time I go through, uh, our prayer and our plea should be for mercy. Our prayer and plea should be for revival, a quickening, a helping, a strengthening of faith, whatever it might be. Habakkuk seed, a very bleak and bitter future. I've heard thy speech and I was afraid. Yeah, he heard what God was going to do and he was fearful. Wasn't filled with faith, but he was fearful. And yet you find here in the Bible that he continues to prophesy. And I'm not going to be able to look through all this, but let's pick up there at verse number 17. Don't want to be too long here this morning. Verse number 17, it says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be on the vines, and, and the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall not yield meat, and the flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there will be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength, and he will make my feet as hind's feet, and he will make me to walk upon high places to the chief singer on the string instruments. You know, this, this book of the Bible kind of ends, it seems like, in a very, I mean, unusual place. In verse number 17, he says, even though things will not necessarily happen as maybe I would like to see them happen, it talks about the fig trees not blossoming, it talks about the vines and all those kind of things not producing food and food and all those kind of things. He says, yet I'll rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. What do you see here? Uh, again, is the prophet here comes to the end of this book. It says, in verse number 17, the Lord is my strength and he will make my feet as high street. He will make me to walk upon the high places. The chief singers on the string instrument. When you see him, he has faith in the Lord, extreme faith in the Lord, great faith in the Lord. He goes for a position. You see in the beginning of the chapter there, a fear, verse number two, to a place of extreme faith. Verse number 17 through 19. I shouldn't say extreme faith, but maybe strong faith, whatever you want to call it. And yet you see the circumstances aren't going to change. The circumstances may actually be worse. In verse number 17, you see fig trees not blossoming and vines not producing fruit and all these kind of things. But he believes that God will somehow, some way take care of him and take care of God's people. Turn to Romans 8. 28, 29. It, it may be at times we don't know why God is not seemingly answered. We may not understand why God doesn't seem to care or change things, that he has power to change. We, we might wonder why sometimes God allows for us to go through distressing times and, and times of strife and division or whatever it might be, or other times of taxing type behaviors where it seems like justice doesn't seem to be going in the right direction. We need to understand that these things, whatever we might experience, all do somehow, some way, work together for good to them that love God. Can I read these verses again? Certainly verses of comfort to those going through uh, turbulent, troublesome times. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose, for whom he did for no he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn 
of many brethren. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Habakkuk didn't like seeing what he was seeing, but yet he was to have faith in the Lord. Let's turn back to Habakkuk. I just want to look at a few verses here and we'll close here this morning. He decided that he needed to ask God for mercy. In the midst of punishment, in the midst of tribulation, he had that need to ask for mercy. Let me encourage you to ask God for mercy. If you see yourself or you see your country going through difficult times, we should ask God for mercy. He asked God questions, and it's certainly okay for us to ask God questions, and yet we should be ready to hear the answer, even if it may make us scared, as it caused Habakkuk to do. But yet we should turn our fears into faith in God. And we see that with Habakkuk there at the end of the chapter. I want to just read these first verses here. Again, this kind of helped bring the whole book together. It says, The burden of Habakkuk that the prophet did see, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out of the, unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not say, Why dost thou show me iniquity and ca- cause me to behold grievances for spoiling and violence are before me and there are that raises up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked and judgment doth never go forth for the wicked doth compass about the righteous and wrong judgment proceedeth. And I'm going to skip to verse number, uh, chapter 2, verse number 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Verse number, chapter, chapter two, verse number four, just the last part, it says the just shall live by his faith. You know, the wicked will live however they're going to live, but the just is going to live by faith. And the last verse there of the whole book, chapter three, verse number 18, the Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me walk through mine high places to the chief singer of uh, with string instruments. Despite poor circumstances, we see him rejoicing and trusting the Lord through all the things that he hears. And sometimes, you know, you look at the Bible and you know what the future holds, and I know what the future holds, but what you see today is not something you want to see. We need to trust God that what happens in the future is what he willeth to happen. And he will allow to happen. But in the end, we will be delivered. In verse number 18, it says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He was pleading at the beginning of the chapter, Where are you to save? And he is going to save. All right, let's close as we consider the word of God here. This morning, walking by faith in a difficult time is not always easy. And we see again how he did it to some degree. Help us to do the same.